Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. At about six months old, your baby enters the world of eating solid foods. What makes baby food different than adult food? Is it affordable and easy to make your baby's food? I'm Katherine Emenaker from Great News Cooking School to teach you some principles of making simple homemade recipes to make for your baby. And this is Parent Savers, Episode 2. Faster than a speeding toddler. Sit still for just a minute. Can soothe boo-boos with a gentle kiss. Did you get down from there? Able to clean poopy bottoms in a single swipe. Oh, what did you eat? Turning frazzled mommies and daddies into procreators of peace and harmony. Ah, quit touching me. It's Parent Savers, empowering new parents everywhere. Welcome to Parent Savers, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. I'm your host, Casey Wilt. Parent Savers is all about helping new parents preserve their sanity by getting you expert advice from the baby years through the toddler years. Be a part of our show. Feel free to send us comments or suggestions through the contact link on our website, parentsavers.com. Or you can call Parent Savers Hotline at 619-866-4775. I'm a new parent. My son is 15 months old, and I'm also joined by three new parents in the studio. Hi, my name is Kara Messer. Um, I'm a hypnobirthing educator. I'm 39. Oh, actually, I just turned 40. Oops. 40. It's okay. Um, I have two children. Um, One of them is special needs, and she's almost four, and we're just starting her on baby food. Hi, I'm Dawn Dickerson. Um, I am, I just... 33 years old now and I am um, owner of Mamas and Milk. I teach uh, prenatal yoga, mama yoga, um, birth doula and lactation consultant. I have two boys and um, I have made baby food. I am uh, Mark Ronaldo. I'm 32. I'm a computer programmer. I have a daughter uh, who is five and a half months old now so i have not made baby food but we're right on the precipice of of doing it good timing look bumble knows you're exhausted by dating all the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters and what do i even say other than hey (sighs) well that's why they're introducing an all-new bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier starting the chat better and dating safer They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Before we start today's show, here are some great breastfeeding remedies for new parents. Hi, Parent Savers. I'm Robin Kaplan, an international board-certified lactation consultant, owner of the San Diego Breastfeeding Center, and the host and producer of Parent Savers' sister show, The Boob Group. I'm here to offer some advice on different breastfeeding remedies, such as, how can I treat my sore nipples? Painful sore nipples are the worst thing ever when you are a breastfeeding mom. My youngest son is almost five years old, and I can still remember crying every time he woke up to breastfeed that first week of his life. There are so many horror stories about painful nipples out there that some women are petrified of breastfeeding. 
So let me give you the lowdown about sore nipples and how to prevent and overcome them. With a few simple tips and the support of your breastfeeding village, you should be able to avoid painful nipples or at least know how to get your nipples back on track. When dealing with sore nipples, we have a broad spectrum where these nipples may lie. One side of the spectrum is nipple tenderness, and this is normal. I mean, when's the last time you've had hours of nipple stimulation in a 24-hour period? My guess is never or not since the last baby was born. The middle of the spectrum is painful feedings with maybe some cracking. This shouldn't happen, but it could have been the result of a poor latch here or there. This is something a lactation consultant or support group leader can take a look at just to make sure. The far end of the spectrum, though, are bleeding and cracked nipples. Hello, red flag! This is not supposed to happen. This is your body's way of telling you that you could use some assistance from a lactation consultant to see what is causing this pain and hopefully figure out how to stop this so it doesn't keep happening. So how do you prevent these painful sore nipples? Short and simple, a nice wide latch. Now you don't need your whole areola in your baby's mouth, but the latch should be more than just your little nipple. Also, your baby's lips should be flanged like a fish's mouth. Lastly, don't push on the back of your baby's head to bring him or her into the breast. Instead, try a laid-back feeding position. Bring your baby's torso into yours, and his head will follow. The remedies for sore nipples and even slightly cracked nipples are simple. The easiest remedy is to express some breast milk on your nipples right after your baby is fed and let the girls hang out for a few minutes. The next best thing is organic coconut oil. Coconut oil is antifungal, light, and not goopy, and has a minimal scent. Plus, you can also use it for a diaper rash. Bonus! This can be found in your local grocery store in the olive oil section. For those moms with cracked and bleeding nipples, you might need to try a few other options. Hydrogels are great. They use wet wound management and can be placed on your nipples in between breastfeeding. Another great product is Earth Mama Angel Baby's Natural Nipple Butter. Lastly, definitely call a lactation consultant. When a baby is latching correctly and his or her tongue is doing exactly what it should, a mom's nipple should not become cracked and bleeding. A lactation consultant should be able to figure out the cause of your pain and offer suggestions of how to fix the situation ASAP. For more great information about different breastfeeding remedies, check out my blog at sandiegobreastfeedingcenter.com backslash blog, and be sure to listen to the Parent Savers and the Boob Group for fantastic conversations about breastfeeding and breastfeeding support. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Today on Parent Savers, Catherine Emmenager from Great News Cooking School is with us to discuss how to make baby food. So... Catherine, let's start. What are some good reasons for parents to make their own baby food as opposed to buying it in the store? What are the benefits? Well, I know it oftentimes will seem like such a time saver for parents to just go grab those jars off the shelves and they're kind of labeled with the different stages and it makes it simple and easy seemingly. Yeah, seriously, stage one, stage two, there's no problem with that. Exactly. 
But what you are doing is really spending a lot more money in purchasing the pre-made baby foods. And um, in all essence, there's a lot of fillers and things in those baby foods that we don't really necessarily think about. Um, so the the health aspects and the nutrition aspects aren't really quite as good as making your own homemade baby food. In fact, uh, homemade baby food just on average can cost about 44 cents a serving, whereas purchasing a jar of something ready-made can be over $2 a serving. So, you know, um, from that aspect alone, it, it makes sense not to purchase something pre-made. Is there... Any other differences between just nutrition between uh, making between the homemade food and jarred food? Well, in nutrition alone, uh, you can purchase organic fruits and vegetables and things like that that are, you know, seemingly. I guess if you go to the store and you compare organic versus non-organic in the vegetable department, of course, we're going to be spending a little bit more there to uh, purchase the raw materials to make the baby food. But then, if you're looking at jarred baby food. Uh, that is organic, then again, we're talking a significant price increase, of course. And then there, again, still are the fillers and such. By making your own baby food at home, um, what you can do is, uh, you know, have a better control of the cooking time, keeping the nutritional value of the raw ingredient, and uh, then storing it the way you like to store it and having it ready to go. And we can talk about that as well. Um, but definitely more benefit if you take the time within maybe uh, once a week, if you kind of map out a little section of time in your week to make baby food and then store it away, you really will uh, not only save your uh, nutritional value and such and, and more money too by are, doing that. Are there certain types of uh, fruits and vegetables where it's like benef more beneficial to, uh, to buy them organic? Because I, I know that certain things like bananas – you know, you spend a lot on organic organic bananas, but there's very little benefit to, from what I understand, to to buying organic bananas. Or even like frozen, like yeah. You know, well, can you actually, use frozen produce? Um, frozen produce is great because uh, in certain circumstances, there can be more nutritional value to those than buying fresh. Okay. Um, mainly certain vegetables can spoil a little bit faster as a raw product. And now this wouldn't necessarily be one of your baby's first foods by any means, but broccoli tends to have a very short shelf life when it's a fresh product. But if you buy it frozen, the nutrients will be there because it's been blanched and frozen right away. Uh, by blanching, what I mean is it's just simply cooked a minimal amount of time to keep it from changing colors and such. While it's uh, in the frozen state, it can darken and whatnot. But, um, you know, spinach and things like that. Also, good products that are frozen uh, and buying organic. Again, if we're looking at, you know, pesticide-free kind of thing, we really don't want our babies eating that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, and even bananas actually can have the pesticides on the skin, but then, you know, if you're peeling it and touching the banana, then you're kind of transferring that mm -hmm. into the food. So you'll want to be careful there, regardless of whether you're buying organic or not. Um, apples, certainly, again, also, I, I think it's very beneficial to to buy organic, but or at least local, uh, you know, farmers markets and, and certainly, um, you know, uh, 
different uh, ways of purchasing things that you can get as a, a, a farmer's market bag. Uh, there are plenty of places around town that are doing that where you can pick up your vegetables or, you know, different time periods. Um, those are good ways that you can get some of those really awesome organic sort of uh, products and uh, the freshest available and then certainly make baby food from those products as well. Those are so, what, like uh, CSA shares? CSA shares, but there's also specialty produce down on Hancock Street that has like a farmer's market bag that you can order. Okay. And you go online and just kind of tell them what you want to add. They do produce as well as meats and cheeses and things like that. So your whole family can be enjoying those foods I'm sure very that's readily. Another- other cities as well something similar. yeah probably so yeah. you think it's important to start our babies with organic food rather than conventional food uh you know i think if you're gonna buy conventional food for um the reasons of expense mm-hmm. then i would take extra care in washing or peeling or you know all of those kinds of things that um could make a difference to imparting some of the things that we don't want our babies to ingest mm-hmm. Well, and I know that a lot of the thinner skin fruits like peaches Mm -hmm. or strawberries, they they collect a lot of pesticides more than Mm -hmm. the other, like bananas per se. And I read something somewhere, maybe you mamas, doula mamas can help me, but Hmm. something about um, up until the age of two, children are really susceptible to chemicals um, all over and and it affects the brain development. Mm -hmm. And I thought when I learned that, I was like, wow, like, you know, everything that, everything we touch nowadays is you know, got chemicals of some sort to help it grow or whatever else, be bigger or better or whatever. So, but as you were saying, like making the baby food, it can be cost effective if we, even if we buy organic, but we make it, it can be still be cheaper than Absolutely. the other stuff. Definitely more cost efficient or organic vegetables, raw product to make your baby food rather than buy organic. What are some uh, good foods to begin with that are safe? I mean, I, I from my pediatrician, we got the, the, you know, a pamphlet that had, that mentioned a lot about rice food cereal. So we bought that. We know that that seems to be what you would give the baby first, but is that what you give the baby first? Is there anything else or is there an order, is there an order to it? <laughs> you know, there's not really an order necessarily, but I think mapping it out so that you have um, some of the easily digestible foods within the first several weeks of uh, trying new things and, you know, making sure that you have three to four days where the child eats only that and of course breast milk or formula however you have to do that and you know maybe working some of the cereal into those uh, fruits and vegetables that we might be trying honestly um it doesn't have to be cereal as the first food. Uh, it can be things like, again, the avocados, apples, apricots, peaches, things like that. Pumpkin, squash, sweet potato, very, very good, high in nutrition. And that seems to be easy to make. Yeah. You poke it with a fork and, and throw it in the microwave or other ways. Yeah. Or bake them. Exactly. Them. Very easy. Uh, again, giving the child four days of that so that you can ensure that they're not having... Any yeah, kind of an so. allergy or any kind of issue with that. So um, those are the kind of foods that are less potential, uh, that have like a, a less potential to cause an allergic reaction? Mm-hmm. So yeah. what foods do you stay away from in the first you know month or two? Oh my gosh, foods to stay away from uh, would be anything really super acidic or gas causing, of mm-hmm. course, broccoli and things like that. 
the other thing that I would not do is, you know, season any of the foods. Like if you're preparing something that you think, oh, a little salt, a little pepper, maybe some. What about like <laughs> a little cumin or a yeah. little bit of garlic salt? salt? Yeah. yeah. I would hold <laughs> off on all of that. I would keep it very, very simple initially and then save yeah. the spices and herbs and things like that till the eight to, you know, okay. beyond sort of timing, eight months to beyond. And something else to remember with, with anything new that you're giving to the baby is that um, it not just introducing to the food, it's also they're learning a new skill of, of eating and being able to move the food to the back of their mouth. And, and there's that kind of process that goes into it, too. So if you can give them the really easily digestible and nutritious and 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 easy to eat things as well. Um, one of the reasons why we start with all that smooth stuff, because uh, uh-huh. they're learning how to do that. So in the beginning, they may react, say they don't like a food, but it may be that they really are just getting used to actually yeah, eating. Sure. If you keep trying, I mean, like, oh, he did not like that food, made the worst face, stop it, keep going the next day. I if, um, have... In the research that I've done, it can take babies up to 15 times of trying something hmm. before they will accept it. Now, Sounds that like my husband. I know. It doesn't mean <laughs> that you start and keep on going 15 days in a row. No, you don't like it? No, mm-hmm. oh, too bad. you got to do it again. But if they, they tend to not prefer something, you could wait a little bit and then try again, offer that food again. Because um, just because Make a cocktail. They, I like the mixing. Right, of, yeah, the mixing. Because um, just because they don't like it one time doesn't mean that they're not going to like it the next time. Mm-hmm they have it. Thanks, Catherine. When we come back, we'll learn about the best starter foods for your babies, and we'll provide you with some simple recipes that you can make at home. We'll be right back. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Catherine Emmenager from Great News Cooking School is with us to discuss how to make baby food. So how do you make baby food? I mean, I gotcha. If I want to feed my child, I'll do banana. Smash it up. If I want to do avocado, smash it up. But... What about peaches? What about how do I cook it? Start me from the beginning. Okay. Well, let's start at the beginning, really, because when we think about the first foods that we give to the baby, we want to certainly give them something that's going to be easy to digest. So like I mentioned, avocados, but we also talk about cereals and things like that as being Mm -hmm. a appropriate first food. And of course, we can go to the store and buy a box cereal and mix it up and whatnot. And usually those have been processed to the degree where they've been pre-cooked, dehydrated, and kind of ground up. So all that we have to do is take it out of the box, mix it with some water, warm it up a bit, and it's ready to go. But what I would suggest is that um, maybe we potentially start thinking about grinding up some of our own cereal Uh, to the form of taking brown rice and using things like maybe a Vitamix or one of those blender type products that will actually grind grain and prepare a a flour or buying a gluten-free flour such as uh, Bob's Bread Mill produces a very nice brown rice uh, blend for gluten-free 
you know, kinds of uh, diets. So I blend up the flour or I blend up the brown rice and then what? And then you're going to take about a quarter cup of that flour and sift it or shake it very loosely into boiling water. Now, that's where it's going to get tricky because if you want to create a thicker sort of cereal for the baby, then you're going to use less water, of course. But uh, more water will give you the loose sort of consistency that you possibly your baby would like to have. So what you can do is um, anywhere from three quarters to a cup of water boiling and then again shake that flour into it while constantly stirring, you're going to receive a properly cooked product and then it'll give you that wonderful cereal and the nutrients will be there because now we're using a whole grain that we've ground ourselves. It's an organic product possibly. Um, and, you know, you're going to just have a lot better But can you process. store it? Because I can't do that every single time I need to feed my baby sure. rice cereal. Is there, can I store it for future use? You can grind the grain and store that for future use. And I would recommend if you've got space in your fridge or freezer, maybe store that dry flour product that you've prepared in that refrigerated environment so that it won't go rancid. Of course, you'll be using it pretty readily but mm-hmm. nonetheless it just will hold up a lot better and be a lot more healthy um you know planning ahead a little bit yes of course we're cooking and uh it'll take maybe you know anywhere depending on the type of grain that we're using five to ten minutes to cook properly and yes you can put it in the microwave if you wish to and have it ready within a minute or two um that would be a, again a personal decision as to whether or not the microwave is something you want to do Okay, my question is if, you know, the broccoli is already frozen in the freezer, can I, do I take it out and thaw it and then make my baby food then refreeze it? Or am I giving it to them right after I thaw it? If you're dealing with frozen vegetables and such, then it just makes it really convenient because you can take out only what you need for that time and thaw it appropriately, whether you're pulling it out putting it into a container, putting it in the refrigerator to thaw, and then processing it for the uh, use maybe the next day or however you are planning the meal. Um, Or, you know, uh, you can just quick thaw it in either a water bath as you maybe place it into a Ziploc bag or something of that nature or some kind of container and set that into a water bath and thaw it. But refreezing it after you prepare it would not be a necessary option at all or really not a good option. So so the best option seems to be buy fresh, prepare, then freeze if you have to freeze, right? That would be the ideal flavor. I mean, you know, the baby is learning about these flavors and textures <laughs> and everything. Fine. He doesn't need a no flavor. <laughs> Throw some salt in it. <laughs> you know, I, I look at it as a, a four- uh, laying a foreground to future uh, textural and flavor palette sort of uh, compliments. And, and what we want to do is get the babies kind of ready to enjoy those flavors later as they grow older because, um, you know, you don't want them to turn around and go, geez, that is really nasty. You know, I, I don't want to eat this. But, uh, 
you know, even though my daughter's first food was avocado, I have to say that for years she would not touch an avocado. Mm. It's now that she's 17 that she's actually eating avocado again. <laughs> but, you know, so we can't really uh, gauge on what's going to happen there. But, you know, we just really want to lay some really good groundwork of not only the nutritional aspects, but, you know, we want them to be able to eat healthy and understand that, hey, that does taste good and I like it. And if it doesn't taste good or is texturally pleasing, they're just going to go. So, so you've walked us through on how to make the rice cereal. Mm-hmm. So how do we make the fruits and veggies? Fruits and veggies, um, basically the same kind of process. Now, for the very new baby uh, eating process, you want to take just very plain, no butter, no oil, you know, nothing nothing that's going to... Taste um, good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, we're trying out new things and we want to just map out what's good for, what will work for them, uh, whether it be an allergy issue or, or other. But, um, like, for instance, I loved the idea of feeding my babies squash or, uh, you know, the really beautiful yellow squashes from the winter sort of variety of uh, kabocha, those very deep sort of green little pumpkin shaped squash that have such great flavor uh, or butternut or any of those and what I do with those rather than cutting them in half and seeding them and putting them in a water bath to cook in the oven I just take it and uh, poke some holes into it either with a paring knife or a fork or something of that nature just to kind of poke the skin a little bit and then put it on a sheet tray into the oven at 400 degrees and let it roast there for you know it takes somewhere around 40 minutes depending on the size of squash and then you'll go ahead and ensure that it's tender again with a knife or a fork or something and then pull it out, let it cool, uh, cut it open, get those seeds out at that point, and then scoop out the flesh and puree that once it's handleable, you know, because it's going to be hot. Then you can put it either in uh, the ice cube tray and freeze it that form or uh, however, you know, little containers you'd like to do. Um, Adding water as you process it is definitely an option, but then you have the possibility of putting in a nice purified water if you uh, you know, have such a thing and, um, you know, or just br- or breast milk, sometimes. breast milk. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, you can do basically the same kinds of things with carrots and green beans. You want to steam those. And sometimes when we're talking about green beans or peas, um, you know, with the skins or the stringy fibers that are included, you may want to hold off, uh, on those until the, the baby is a little bit more experienced eater, um, because of the issues that we just discussed in terms of uh, swallowing and working that food back into in the mouth there Um, and you know certainly just real simply things that are are soft by nature like bananas and things like that we can take and and smash the, uh, the avocados take and smash don't need any really extra cooking or processing of any kind um Again, with apples, uh, pears, you can kind of steam those a little bit and then uh, process those. Uh, You can incorporate, once the baby's more experienced and has uh, been determined that they're not sensitive to any of these things, you can incorporate the two things together or three even, if you wish. Um, And like we mentioned earlier, incorporating a little sweet with some of these things that aren't so palatable or that the baby finds palatable in order to kind of entice them to eat it. Of course, 
you know, adding a little bit of sugar it helps the medicine go down, as we've heard. But, <laughs> um, you know, sometimes we want to hold off on those sweet things because, um, first of all, they fill the baby up and we want to get the high nutrient kind of uh, items in first. Um but nonetheless, uh, they also are kind of keeping them from enjoying or understanding that they should enjoy some of these green leafies and things like that as they grow older. So we don't necessarily want them to choose the really sweet things first. And that's why I always recommend that, um, you know, we try to go with the not so sweet items as the first foods and like vegetable or some sort. Right. Just kind of like the avocado are really ideal and sweet okay. potatoes even though they are on the sweeter side are not uh, kind of like having a banana or a peach you know what i mean well when i when i was in italy and i was uh we went when my son was four months old and baby food there the second ingredient is sugar mm-hmm. and i was so surprised and i mean I, I it's one of those things i wonder you know what's the hidden sugar in our jarred food that we kind of start this process of feeding our child cookies and treats and stuff like that and and trying to like okay no i want for my child to back up start at the beginning and like like your food without salt like your food without Mm -hmm. you know sugar or butter or any like Mm -hmm. even with the cereals i think the tendency is they get older to add a little pat of butter but you know we've talked about adding breast milk to, to the foods and such, and that has a natural sweetness to it as well. So, you know, by by doing that, we can again give them the flavors that will entice them to consume it. How long is the baby going to be eating like mostly pureed foods? At what point do they move on that is from the to pe- pizza? Yeah, such yeah, it's a meatballs. Question. You know, I, I when I was going through this with my kids, and they were both, of course, very, very different. Um, and I tried very hard to make sure that they only had either breast milk or, form- or formula up to six months. But my son, who at four months started, of course, getting teeth, and you know, he just was going crazy every time we were sitting down for a meal. So um, you know, we tried very much to just give him the pureed stuff but eventually um even very shortly after his his beginning eating he needed to have something more and he was the the kind of uh person that gave us the indication that he was ready so So it's it's an individual Yeah, yeah absolutely individual Absolutely. And, you know, just let the baby lead you. Don't don't be too, uh, you know, kind of stuck into a book uh, telling you what to do. (laughs) Of course, the doctor is always there to help you guide you. Thank you so much, Catherine, for helping us to create homemade food for our children. So we didn't get to discuss all the recipes that we wanted today, but we got to talk about a few. So look for those on our website. You can download them and uh, www.parentsavers.com. Just look for the episodes page on our website and look for today's topic, simple baby food recipe. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Before we wrap up today's show, here is a parent's guide to babysitting. Hi, Parent Savers. This is Jody with Urban Sitter. 
a website that connects you to friend-tested sitters. I'm here to help you figure out the right questions to ask when searching for a babysitter. Such as, so I used a sitter. Nobody's dead. Should I use her again? The first time you leave the sitter alone with your kids, make it for a short time. That way, if anyone melts down, including the sitter, it's short-lived. Does the sitter wash the snack plate? Is the plate in the sink? Or did she leave it on the ground with ants marching towards it? Are the toys put away? Or did she offer to help put them away? Was TV allowed in your household? And was it on when you got home? So if your child can talk, this is great input. But when a child is too small to communicate, you have to look for the details. Is the baby's diaper wet? Although I have to admit, it is sometimes hard to tell if you're not mom. If everything appears to have gone smoothly, go ahead and try it for a bit longer. Don't worry, it's completely normal to check your phone every two seconds to see if the sitter called. When my husband and I went out for the first time after our daughter was born, I set my phone right in the middle of the table so I could see if the sitter was going to call. And we joked with our waiter about how paranoid I was. He even bought us a bottle of wine. What a great way to top off the night. Okay, parent savers, it's time to say hello to your old friend's spontaneity. Visit urbansitter.com to find and book babysitters your friends know and love. That wraps up today's episode. We'd love to hear if you have a parenting topic you'd like to suggest or if you have questions for Catherine about today's show or topics we discuss, call our Parent Savers hotline at 619-866-4775 or send us an email through our website, parentsavers.com and we'll answer your question in an upcoming episode. Coming up next week, we have Dr. Sears with us helping us to navigate the vaccine basics. Thanks for listening to Parent Savers, empowering new parents everywhere. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of new mommy media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care, and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.